Hey guys, what's up? Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Please like, subscribe, share with your mates, and enjoy the episode. And we're back, Christian, for another episode. I think this is episode 41, or maybe 42, I can't remember. Is 41? 41, 41. 40 freaking one. This episode, we are filming this on a Saturday. So usually we film this on a Tuesday. So this is roughly nearly like five days after our usual filming day. So it does feel like it's been a while. So I do feel a bit rusty, but it's been a while, Christian. It's been a nearly two weeks since we've talked. And that's like the longest we've gone without talking for like the past year. It's true. It did feel kind of weird having like more than a week off. Hey, I didn't think about it like that until you just mentioned it now. Look at that, there you go. Yeah, but um, Saturday night. Um, the reason why is because work got a little bit busy, so I had to stay back a little bit. It got pushed back. But um, yeah, today is Saturday, 3rd of July. And the reason why we're filming this on a Saturday night is because A, we have nothing else better to do, and B, because it is another Sydney lockdown. Another Sydney lockdown in New South Wales, and we're back to square one again. Back to square one, can't go anywhere. We are restricted to the to the enclosements of our houses. It is what it is, can't do anything. What are your thoughts on the second lockdown? This is like, because the cases aren't going up. Well, the cases aren't going down either. They're staying the same every day and it's, I don't think it'll be um, ending next week, but what are your thoughts? Oh, so my thoughts is either one, this is going to be one of the many small lockdowns and just go back to normal soon. Or two, yeah. for whatever reason, I don't know why, there becomes like a freaking more stronger strand, like a Delta mm-hmm. strand. And this becomes like the second big lockdown. And during this lockdown, we're going to have one big pump on YouTube, one big pump on crypto, one big pump on stocks, more printing of money before like things get really, really rough. This might be the last pump. And if that's the case, I'm going to go hard in this lockdown if it's going to be like a multi-month lockdown. But, you know, I'm optimistic. Hopefully it's just like a small mini lockdown and that's not going to happen. Um, It's crazy toilet paper getting sold out again. Well, why why do people want toilet paper? It's the stupidest thing. They're just stocking up on it because they probably go through so much in it. Like, how much toilet paper does one use or need? that they have to stock up and stockpile that much like it's not gonna it's not the end of the world like people need to like literally freaking relax but you're 100 right so don't know, don't know how long this, it's gonna go for there's this tv show and apparently i was listening it through logan paul it's talking about how they did a survey on how people wipe their asses and apparently it was really really crazy like some people freaking just and just like get a big bunch and like wipe the ass some people like do like a roll around their hand some people like sort of do use the rectangles and fold it and like fold it again and like there's like so many different ways people wipe their asses and that's something you just wouldn't have never thought about so weird as to how people would have thought like started doing it but okay here's a question are you a folder or you're a scruncher i'm a folder 100 percent 100 percent you have to be a folder yeah There's no way scrunching is just disgusting yeah it is filthy i can yeah no nah. anyway we're going to move on from this. yeah <laughs> talk about this for too long but um yeah what else has been new what else is happening there's a few different things that happened we saw phase clan eject yeah i just saw that this morning i was watching this whole like 
Coffeezilla exposing them. I was like, whoa. Like, yeah, it's like dumping and dumping. I haven't seen the video, so you can go into depth onto it. So apparently, um, they had this coin called Save the Kid Coin. Um, save the kids apparently like if you buy it you somehow donate to charity at the same time and it's going to be worth a lot and they have this rule where whales can't dump it like you can't sell um, after you have to wait 24 hours before you sell you can't sell more than 1% of your portfolio or something and then they freaking launch it the price goes all the way through the roof and literally an hour later it just pumps it dumps like the price went up like 10x and it went down freaking negative like five um and yeah that was a controversy how like it was just like really like it was just an evident but it wasn't like a slow burn where it just slowly went big it was just like up in one hour and pump dumped insane because i'm having a look at it now yeah 10th of june just went up traded around high of like 44 cents no not even 44 cents 0.044 and then went all the way down to 0.001 that's insane so then what the organizers are the founders of the coin we have tico so phase k tico and jarvis and nikken okay so jarvis is the one that was in the boxing match recently so he got he knocked out that tiktok on so Jarvis is suspended. K has been removed. So they've removed Phase K completely. Suspended Jarvis, Nikan, and Tico. That's crazy because like Phase K, I haven't watched many of his videos, but he's just like a vlogger. I don't know what Phase even do anymore. Do you know what Phase even do? I don't know a single thing what Phase do. I know they used to be gamers and everything, but I know that Phase K was they had that huge clout house. They vlog all the time and. Apparently, uh, we heard from one of our mates that the profit that they made was literally little to nothing. Like the the YouTubers, right? They they make a lot of money. And it was like 20, 30 grand. Nothing. That's not worth it. Yeah. Like to get kicked out of phase, like their whole lives of, because I don't know if you remember Jarvis, like I think more than a year ago now, he got banned from um, Fortnite. Fortnite banned him permanently. And he was making a living off Fortnite. So then he tried to reinvent himself and do everything. And then he went into maybe Warzone, he did this boxing match. And now he's been removed from FaZe. Like, that's just, like, what are you doing? Like, you're just ruining your livelihood. I don't know, hey, I don't know. I don't know even what FaZe do anymore. But yeah, that's stupid, so stupid. The next topic I want to get into is like, people are not as rich and wealthy as you think they are. Cause like, you're right, it was like 30 grand. Why would you risk, why would you even do a pump and dump and like freaking it's a pump and dump like that has a negative connotation to it yes it's not technically illegal but it's a bit iffy iffy and it's not worth freaking 30 grand like we saw those videos i watched literally he would buy and he sold it like literally an hour later so it's like a really short time frame and he sold his whole portfolio um face k um, but like I was watching like there was this interview Jeffree Star coming back into YouTube interview with um, Dave Portnoy and he was talking about how he used to like fake it till I make it like in 2014 he had $500 in his bank account he was like broke and he would do makeup for all these celebrities he would go in their wardrobe wear their cool Chanel Gucci Louis Vuitton things and take photos as if it's his and like like I think it makes sense. Like I can see why Face K is doing something like that for 30k. Like 30k for us is like quite a lot of money. 
like if we can make 30k in a few hours or even like over a week planning and it was like super simple we'd probably do it obviously we wouldn't do something illegal um it's just like me sort of like the, it was like a year ago i got offered to do like this sponsored video for like a competing um video editing company called viral ecom ads where they'll make viral videos for e-commerce stores and it was 400 USD it was just like simple video here's 400 USD and we can use your face and we can use your content if it wasn't for that it was like that's like an easy $400 whereas like when people see the Instagram they see the traveling they see the cool cars they're like dude you don't need $400 like you know but like it's like oh that's an easy opportunity I'll take it it's interesting eh because it's like $400 for me it's like 400 USD Bear in mind, that's like 790 whatever AUD, right? So it's like close to a bag, mm-hmm. close to a bag, right? Close to a bag for you to show your face on a viral e-commerce video editing software or whatever. But the thing is, the connotations against that are like, oh, this guy's just chasing the bag. Except, yeah, you're 100% right. You're just, you're just chasing the bag for no reason. And there's no point. What's the point? You just... Like putting your face against a competitor's product when you like selling something that's very similar on your not selling something but like offering something very similar on itself. You know what I mean? Just, but yeah, I think a lot of people just don't realize that a lot of YouTubers probably don't make as much money as they think. Only the ones that are, like do have gone clear. Your what's his name, David Dobrik? Before that, yeah, thing happened, he lost like half his sponsors. David Dobrik's your Logan Pauls, even. As much as everyone hates him, Jake Paul, he makes Jake Paul's gone clear now. Like he makes millions. Each fight that he makes and signs to is just ridiculous, right? Those are the ones that like your the ones that you see, like Ricecom, bro. How much do you think Ricecom makes? Ricecom's is a bum, bro. He's a bum. He's a dud. Probably uh, he used to make a lot. I think he used to when he was diss track season, but yeah. Definitely not what it seems like. Definitely not what it seems. I mean, you're telling it firsthand. 400 is like nothing compared to what you want to achieve anyway. Exactly. And it's like, I think I was like, you know, I was hanging with my friend Reese, and it was all about like, it's like social media is a facade. Like people see the front end, they see the, the G-Wagon, they see the watches, they see me traveling. But like they wouldn't expect I live in sort of my mom's not like it's like a two bedroom sort of studio. It's like at the granny flat, it's like at the back of my mom's house and like I vlog in here. If if you watch my YouTube vlogs, like I'm not like hiding it. But like if I wanted to I can I guess like move to Bondi and get like a nice apartment and pay like five hundred dollars per month in rent. Um or maybe it'll be a bit probably more expensive. A lot more. Yeah, <laughs> probably like a lot more, like a thousand dollars a week in rent but like i don't know like i'm pretty cautious with my money like i'm pretty cautious with what i spend i make sure when i do spend things i get a huge roi um to spend fifty thousand dollars a year living in like bondi it has to have a huge extra roi than spending say i don't know one fifth the cost living um where i'm currently living so i am money conscious but it's crazy that social media does put this perceived value and I had this interesting chat with a student he was like dude when you posted the Rolex the Yacht Master the car like it was motivating to him because it showed what's possible it showed that hey like I'm actually living the dream that they want to achieve and when I was just really low-key wasn't posting or being really humble 
They thought I was just a scammer. <laughs> it works both ways, doesn't it? Yeah, it works both ways. it's ironic. It's one of those things. Yeah, it's ironic where you're not posting it because you're like, oh, I don't want to flaunt it or anything. But yeah, like a few people have come up to me and be like, is he a scammer? I'm like, no, he's not a scammer because they see the ads and everything, right? Like it's okay. targeted. They see the ads. They see the TikTok. I'm like, no, he's not. He's like, oh, it seems it. I'm like, nah, just check out the Instagram. And they see the, they see the post. Like, okay. It's like, from, like initially when I thought, like when I saw you buy the G-Wagon and I'm I'll be honest, when I saw you buy the J-Wagon, I'm like, what the f*** is this guy doing? <laughs> and then when I saw you buy the Rolex, I'm like, okay, like Rolex is a Rolex. I want a Rolex. Everyone wants a Rolex, you know what I mean? But it makes sense. Like when you, when I broke it down, layer by layer, it made sense. Sometimes these things need to be done to the bigger picture, for the bigger brand, for the bigger personal brand. And you, you, like you said, it's working. Look at that. They thought you were a scammer. Now they're like, oh, this guy's got a Rolex. This guy's got a GV. And he's, he's got his shit together. Like he's, he's got money. He's got different bread. You know what I mean? So it's like, it works out. Yeah, it's, such, it's, it's a weird world like that. Um, There's definitely not something that everyone should just look at people's Instagram and just think, oh, you know, take it at face value. Because, okay, because like, from everything you said, this physical responsibility not many people are physically responsible coming out of high school, especially in today's day and age they come out, they have these idols they look towards and they think that's the norm. So, you know, when they move out of home, have like a low paying job, instead of saving slash investing the money for their future, they go and buy a designer bag, wallet, purse, etc. They don't have that, you know, fiscal responsibility. They're not money conscious, money wise, etc. Do you think do you think that it should be taught in schools now? Like with the interaction that we have on social media? Like, So I I think you're supposed to, yeah, you should be taught fiscal responsibilities. I don't think you should be taught to buy cool and nice things and flex. I definitely don't believe in that. Um, I don't know, like, even though, like, I feel like buying all those cool things was for the brand. That was like an extra bonus. Like I've always wanted a G-Wagon. I've always wanted a Rolex. Yeah, I was going to say like you've always wanted the G-Wagon. So that's like a different, yeah, it's different. But then I've always been the type of person that was like, you know, you know, I want to be humble. I want to be down to earth. I don't want to flex. I don't want to freaking put things in people's face because, you know, um, that's sort of what I look up to, like the Bill Gates where... They're just like really just like plain t-shirts and baggy pants and like loose ass blazer. Um, nothing's like custom made. It looks like they just got out of bed. Um, but they went through the phase of nice watches and Ferraris. Like Bill Gates had a Ferrari. Um, Elon Musk bought a McLaren. Um, they had all these, they've had Rolexes. Um, but they're just like really low key about it. And now they're just like about private jets and yachts and they don't share it. Um, but yeah, I think it, it should be taught to kids to not strive to feed all these like brands. Like egotistical aims in the sense that, you know, chasing that, chasing the dollar, chasing the bag. Cause the minute that they go, people go and buy these things, I'm not even going to sit here and pretend like I don't, I have certain things which I have, which are, you know, celebratory purchases in that sense that they are expensive items 
but I do so consciously understanding my current financial position, the future, etc. I don't just go and just purchase it impulsively because that's stupid, right? So I'll always make sure that A, I understand what I'm doing and B, like I don't think many people out there know that, but like I see people younger than me on Instagram and they'll like flex all this stuff they have and I'm like, how do they afford that? Because it took me a long time to afford these certain things and I'm like, obviously not you, but like people in the younger grades and they, you know those... Well, stereotype a little bit here, but they call LGs, LBs, the ABGs, whatever, right? They have all these things, and I'm like, how? 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 Like, that's a lot of money. Like, do, how much do you work? Because I'm sitting here working full time, and I think only until you work, you understand the true value of money. I'm sitting here working full time, and I'm like, these guys aren't entrepreneurs. They probably have a lower job than me, probably work casually. I'm like, what do you do? Like, where does the money go? You just sit down and wonder, right? But, yeah, it's one of those things. You can't do anything about it. You just sit and observe. I like observing. So I was studying this guy named Bernard Arnault. He is low-key, freaking like the second richest person in the world. He, he like bounces between Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. And not many people know about He is the founder or he's, yeah, he's the CEO of LVMT, which has Louis Vuitton. Um, so... Yeah, that, that brand, like um, Hermes, um, Hennessy, all these like expensive brands, Tiffany & Co. And he was just buying up these high-end companies because he could see that the middle class was getting more wealthy. There was more middle class, people were becoming more wealthy, and that this is where the money was going to be poured into. And crazily, freaking now you're talking about young kids buying Louis Vuitton freaking young kids that are like 19 18 20 they're buying Louis Vuitton and, and that's why he's the freaking second world's richest person he predicted that people are just becoming more wealthy but at the same time to answer your question do these kids they're putting like a hundred percent of their net worth into their Louis Vuitton so you go to their Instagram you see they have a Louis Vuitton bum bag and a Gucci cap so you know their net worth is 5,000 plus 500. All right, that person's worth 5,500, cool. I know his net worth. I know his net worth. And then you think about how long it would have taken him to acquire that. You search him up on LinkedIn, you find his job, what's his title? Okay, is he casual, is he part-time? Okay, that would have taken him maybe months and months and months and maybe a year to afford. And that guy's just spend it all in. Like I get it's an investment if you are one of those. Like for me, I have a few pieces which I have consider them as investments because i'm never going to buy another one again and they're just small small goods right that i know they're like but like these guys have it as like yeah fine it's a fashion accessory but like it's hard to explain like they don't view it i i, I don't know i view it a little bit differently in the sense that yeah i oh got it it's it's hard to explain but yeah these it's it's it just blows my mind but you're right like the middle class is growing every like each decade each whatever the middle class is nine-year-olds have iPhones. Technology is becoming more and more accessible, affordable. When we were nine years old, to have a smartphone was like, what well, was a smartphone, right? But then, you know, going into like first year of high school, I still had my big brick phone all throughout um, seven, eight, nine, ten. But nowadays, it's completely different. So the middle class is growing. Do you reckon the, the lower class is like growing as well? I reckon they could be, honestly. It's, just, it's very easy to fall behind in today's society. I think we're really fortunate to be in Australia where like 
to like America is like getting like ugly. Like cities like LA, San Francisco, there's freaking naked people at every corner, like literally naked. And like these are real stories. Like my friend Reese was like in America, he, he saw that. Logan Paul was talking about that in a recent podcast. And like America is just becoming like this, like, and then in UK, the crime rates are like really high. But here in Australia, it feels like we are flourishing. It feels like the lower class people, the, the Centrelink, the, the government paychecks are sort of like allowing them to live without having to work. Um, and we are flourishing and we are making money. It does feel like that, that way, I guess. What's your thoughts? Yeah, 100%. You hit the nail on the head. People look at those other cities in the world and think, oh, LA, oh, Vegas, or Florida, whatever, Miami, right? But London, South London, is notorious for knife crime. And it's so bad because I didn't even know that was a thing until like when I was listening to interviews of like UK rappers and because I follow a lot of the UK music scene, right? I listen to all these rappers and musicians talk and they're like, oh, I'm from South London. Oh, it wasn't easy growing up. I'm like, you grew, you grew up in London. Yeah, it's London. What do, what do you mean it wasn't easy growing up? Yeah. And then I realized like London is split into different sectors. There's North London, South, East, West, right? So South London is very notoriously known for knife crime. And they're like, they have what they call ends, which is the ghetto, I'm assuming, the the ghetto-ish, so like council housing, estates, etc. right? So I didn't realize that South London was full of council housing estates like that. And like, there's generally places in like that area where you just step in and you're like, this doesn't feel like London. Because when you associate London, just big city, big name, big buildings, you think of finance, you think of businesses, you think of like posh people, especially you think of posh people. You think of the accent, you think of the queen, you think of everything, but you don't think of South London. You don't think of there being like the highest rates of knife crime in prob- probably the world or whatever, right? And it's a genuine problem. Like they, they, they rub about it like, oh, you know, the, the rappers trying to like come together to find an initiative to try and stop it. And how do you stop that? How do you stop a problem like petty crime and all that in a, where it's so common? I don't even know what motivates you, but you're 100% right. We are freaking blessed to live in a country like uh, city like Sydney. You don't hear that shit coming out of Sydney. Yeah, Western Sydney is like notoriously known, but Western Sydney is not as bad as a lot of people think. When people like from the North Shore, Eastern Suburbs, whatever, think of Western Sydney, they associate it with all this, but it's not that bad. Yeah, there's shit that happens. That happens everywhere in the world, but like, yeah, I agree with you. We are blessed. I generally wouldn't want to live in America. Dude, one thing I don't understand, it's weird how America and, and UK, it's really centralized around the city. But within the city, there's a lot of poverty, ironically. Like you, you can go to San Francisco and LA and in the city, there's just poverty everywhere. But it's weird how Australia has worked in a way where the, if you're not wealthy, you get pushed further away from the city. And like the Sydney, it's sort of really nice and it gets like less nice as you go out. And then eventually if you stay in one spot, let's say I live in um, Western Sydney, Bankstown, this Bankstown is just getting nicer and nicer over time because people can't afford Bankstown and they get pushed out. And it's weird how urbanization, that's why I learned in, in high school, it, it doesn't really happen in, in these other countries. Weird is like, why doesn't it happen? You know what I mean? Because you're 100% right, you go to LA, there's homeless people everywhere, everywhere. 
We're on Rodeo Drive, Beverly Hills. There are homeless people there as well. They're everywhere. And you're 100% right. They just got pushed out of the city. Maybe it's government checks. Because now I'm thinking about it, with the same government check, you probably wouldn't be able to afford living in Sydney, but you could afford something all the way super, super far out, say in the Blue Mountains. So you can use the government check and then pay your rent. Whereas in America, you don't have government checks maybe. And as a result, if you want to live on the street and get like some money, you're going to have to stay in the city because that's the only place you're going to get some donations because they're just like a lot of rich people. And if you move out, you have no money to, you, you'll die. Oh, I think you make a very good point yeah. that I didn't previously consider because they have to. They don't really have a choice. They have to be located in that area where there's high dense population of people walking in and out. Like those people, even if they get like $5 a day, that's enough for them to go by. You know, they can get, there's obviously food shelters and whatever. People, they can go get free food. But like, I don't know. Like I always feel bad giving money to like homeless people on the side of the street because I don't know what they're going to do with that money. And that's the worst part about it. Like, if, you, if, if I personally, my thing is, if I want to give money to a homeless person, I want him to use it for good. Christian, we should um, spend one day in the city or like some poor neighborhood, drop like $50 on just like a bunch of subway long, long, long subs or like foot long subs and like get like 10 and just like give it out. Like that's like one round of drinks, $50. Yeah, I, um, I, before COVID, we, I used to be, uh, regular volunteer at um Parramatta there's a food what do you call it food Parramatta mission they call it it's like a food shelter uh once every three months just go and buy like a bunch of like food items like you know spaghetti and tins pasta things that they can like you know use for a long time tomato and tins and just go and just give it to them and they just use it and then like a lot of bread and everything but yeah let's do it I'm, I'm super down like I do that all the time so yeah, I'm super down. But yeah, you're 100% right. Like even in America, healthcare, healthcare is something we take for granted here. You don't get it there. You don't get anything there. Like that's why they have to stay there. Like it, it's it's a, it's a it's a wacky place to live. But it's one of those things where the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. And in those cities, especially, yeah, I think Australia's handled it well. Like the urbanization problem. So the other day, Christian, this was like last Monday. So I went to Bondi to visited ENT, they, they like, because I have a deviated septum, like my nose, like my middle notch, like the center is like sideways. So one side is struggle breathing and the other side has more side to breathe, but then the sort of the meat, the balls, the things that, the nostrils, it's just like really inflated. So it's hard to breathe on both ends. Um, went there, freaking, it was like 10 minutes. Freaking put up a camera in my nose, explain the situation. All right, you're ready to go. It was $400. Just for a consultation? Yeah. Luckily, my doctor, I told him about me getting this second opinion because he referred me to someone else. And luckily I was like, hey, I, I just wanted to check out this other person. I was like, oh, let me give you a referral. And that referral allowed me to claim back $180 through Medicare. But it was like $400 in total, 220 just for like 15 minutes. So I was like, okay, that's, that's crazy. Um, but I was able to get like a second quote in the reception. His name was um, David Lollinger. That's his name. And then there was like this book. And it was like Jody Lollinger. I was like, oh, who's this? And it was like 
anxiety, mindset, strength, etc. And I was like asking the reception lady, oh, what's this book about? And they're talking about how Jody is David's wife. She runs like a clinic, a sort of psychology clinic. Um, she goes to different schools and companies and she sort of teaches their mindset and coaching and training. I was like, oh, does she do any like consultation? And I was like, I don't know. Like I've always wanted to see a psychologist. Psychiatrist, what's a different, psych- is, what, what's high, psychiatrist or psychologist? I'll be very honest, brother. I have absolutely no idea. I was like, I've always wanted to talk to a psychologist to see what it is like. You know, you, you go to that nice office, you sit yeah. on the chair, and then, and then they, I don't know, listen to you out. So, so I was like, so Andy, so tell me about, so tell me about your problems. So what brought you here? So why did you want to talk? Yeah. Like all that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like okay, a- maybe they could like somehow read and see something I'm not seeing. And then she was like, oh, unfortunately she doesn't take on any more clients. Um, she sort of just does coaching and she works with like, you know, directors and like high profile clients. But she was like, oh, well, what do you do? And I told her about my sort of consulting business, studying.com. And she was like, do you want a free 15 minute session just to, to ask, to hear about it? Booked in the 15 minute session, Tuesday the next day, got a call from her. And we ended up talking for like 15 to, to 30 minutes. And I was able to hear how she works with like startups, founders, directors. She used to work in like Macquarie Bank and I don't know. And I was just thinking of like all these um, TV shows like Suits and Billions, how she was like a Donna or like in Billions, she's the, that girl. She's like this coach and she freaking makes all these traders like freaking on point and sharp. And I was like, wow, that's sort of what she is. And she works with like billionaires apparently. I was like, okay, this is really cool. I want to like get the package. I think maybe my email didn't work or something. I didn't kind of get the package, the prize package. It was like a 12 week package. Um, I'm curious to see what it is. I think if it's like over 10,000, then I have to like think about it. But if it's like under 5,000, I think that's something like will sort of be like a no brainer thought just cause like I've done a lot of things. If it's something, if it's under 5,000, that's like really valuable. If it's like 7,000 plus, then it's probably worth its price and if it's like 15,000 plus then now you're just paying for like the experience and the prestige um yeah 100% and then it comes down to like she works with high net worth profile clients $10,000 to them is nothing to her it's a livelihood so it could be like obviously just what I'm saying is don't be surprised don't be surprised if it is ten thousand dollars but that's very interesting because i think it could be good could unlock a few little nooks and crannies inside your brain and make you think a little bit differently and make you want to approach things a little bit differently you know what i mean because i guess in your setting mindset is everything and you know you need to understand exactly what's yeah but it's interesting so what what do you think you're gonna go ahead with it so it felt weird like at first my first reaction was like this is like a therapist this is something that like sick people go to if you're depressed you go to a therapist that's how it felt like because like this is weird connotation to it obviously she's like more of like a coach and more of like a i don't know mindset coach but yeah i definitely i'm gonna send her a text but like hey i didn't receive that email yet could you send me the the details and i definitely want to do like a whole youtube series about it if i do i'll like document the process but like literally one lock unlock is worth like you can make literally a hundred a hundred thousand dollars just off yeah. one unlock 
or you'll be way more happy and that makes a hundred thousand. hundred percent. But then the thing is, you know how you said you want to make a YouTube series on documented. It is also her livelihood. It is also the way she makes money. So I, if you don't tell her and you do it, could get away with it. But if you, you know, tell her, hey, look, I'm looking to film it, would that be okay? She might say, you can just like, you know, bring the camera and be like, oh, I'm going to a therapy session and then like talk about it a little bit. But like, so I wouldn't probably bring the camera to the sessions. Yeah. I'd probably like sit in the car, give my thoughts and then afterthoughts. But you're right. And if I do, I'll definitely let her know, be like, hey, I do have a vlog. I'm just, you know, I record my sort of growth and progress. Um, and I'll be sort of sharing with the audience um, this journey. So I'll definitely be transparent. But this is something that, like, until I see what the package is like, then I'll, I'll sort of think about it. But yeah, it's something that's never crossed my mind. Um, you need a breakdown, you know, a breakdown of what the package includes, entails, etc. And then, but this is so weird. How did this come about from getting an uh, consultation? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's weird how life works like that. Yeah, in ways that you just don't expect it. But, and then you could very much, because the thing is, what could be interesting is because she's worked with all these high profile net worth people so she's got experience and like dealing with those people so that could be good obviously she won't be able you know client privilege what's the what's the word um not client privilege it's um client confidentiality all right so she can't obviously go into depth about you know specific people's problems but she can be like i've dealt with a client who had similar problems and what they did was this 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 and like you know that could just to you just be a lot but then it also comes down to okay yeah but I'm paying for someone else to tell me that when I can just work hard and try and do it myself. But, you know, it's an experience and you won't know until you go through the experience. So like just playing devil's advocate, you know, just playing devil's advocate. So another thing I was listening to this um, guy named David Cho, big fan, this Korean sort of artist. And he became like a millionaire because he um, did a mural painting for Facebook, like in like 2000, like early 2000s. He was given a choice, either pay 60 grand in cash or 60 grand in stock options. He knew if he took the cash, he would have went gambling. So he took the stock options, even though he thought this was just a copycat of MySpace and it was going to die anyways. Took the stock option, Facebook buy occurred a few years later, and he became worth 200 million. David Cho. So David Cho has a lot of like mental issues of like unhappy addictions loneliness depression anger and he's been to thousands and thousands hours of therapy and in the end it just becomes the same they sort of just ask you questions you share what you're thinking and, and it just all becomes the same yet he's still you know after all that he would still not be fully happy and I could see I was like able to relate to that like you're sort of chasing this like for example Monday Tuesday I had so much sleep I woke up was so productive got so much work done I felt so happy so fulfilled I was thriving so I know how it feels like to be my peak no alcohol consumption no 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 other no no like weed no smoking no nothing and I was like at peak performance I felt so good no drugs, no nothing. It was just natural high. And it's... I've been at my peak where I've been like so wide awake having 11 hours of sleep. 
where me just normally having eight hours of sleep becomes like this low. And that's something, that was a recent light bulb moment. Like I've been, I'm always chasing this, this feeling of productive, productivity, like super getting everything done. My, my brain is switched on. I'm freaking, I feel like I'm in that movie Limitless with that drug where I'm just able to do so many things at once. Where I'm always chasing that because I'm like, I didn't take any drugs, but I, I felt like that. But like that has set such a high bar where like little hangovers feel shit. And then, and it's like, that's something I only realized recently. I mean, Dan will essentially boost this. It'll just give you more opportunity to become a beast. You know what I mean? Like you have all the opportunity now. You like you have an opportunity to like set that routine to yourself. And obviously, when it finishes, go outside, go do your normal things. But if you're getting eleven hours of sleep, you're probably sleeping, and you got to be sleeping at like nine p.m. Waking up at like. 8 a.m. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. God damn it. I could never, I could never. Well, especially now, like my sleep schedule is out the window, so I generally don't have any clue. I'm waking up at like midday. But yeah, like that's interesting. Like it's it's good to hear. It's good to hear. So like, is this a new norm, 11 hours of sleep every day? Or can you maintain it? I, I could never. I could. Uh, after yeah. Monday, Tuesday, I just went into a slump. Well, I was still having like eight hours, seven and a half hours of sleep. But it was just, I wasn't productive during those days. Either one, I just overworked Monday, Tuesday. I just went way yeah. too hard. I just crashed for the rest of the week. Um, obviously, I did the bare minimum and then sort of got things needed, caught up on things, did one or two hours each day. Um, but I, I need to take it down to a baseline. So one, I'm, I'm trying to one get back, like get back to reading at night, not go on my phone on my bed. Yeah. And two... Not even from trying to knock out six things a day, bring it down back down to five. Um, I, I want it more consistently. And thirdly, really embracing the the that, that the downs. Embrace the feeling of being numb or feeling of not being fully motivated, and really embracing and learning to work with it, rather than being like, why do I, I feel didn't. this way? Yeah, rather than fighting it, because if you fight it, you're just going to bring yourself down a little bit more, and you're just going to like feel more shit and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, hundred percent, embrace it, go with it, just do it. You know, as opposed to just because yeah, like you can't maintain eleven hours of sleep every day. You'll burn out. You'll hundred percent burn out. It's it's near to impossible. But um, yeah, like I I could never do that. I could I could never strive to get 11 hours of sleep or do that but like it's good you know i mean alcohol consumption during lockdown is pretty much nothing no one will be unless you're an alcoholic well there's nothing saying that you can't enjoy like a good small beverage to yourself but in saying that i won't be consuming alcohol either during this period so i know what you mean like you've gotten to a point where you've hit like even if you go out and have like one drink to yourself it'll like be a lot more and like you would know that you're just gonna feel gluggy and wrap the next morning so see how long you can last on the on the no alcohol train yeah i definitely want to give that a try like another thing is dude i have friends that a lot now this is a different route we'll see if we'll keep it in but they a lot where it's like daily and multiple times a day and like that's just normal to them now i've noticed like if i do that like i'm just gonna be like 
I'm just like, what is life? Not what is life, but I'll just be really mellow and really like, just like not too motivated or the energy's out. But that's their norm. Like that's their norm and they're used to where's me since I don't do it. But my norm is like up here. And when I am in a state of like just Zen and not wanting to do much, it's like a sort of like negative for me. And, and I need to learn, I need to bring my sort of expectations and sort of bar down and be able to work with, you know, freaking six hours of sleep. Like I need to, like I, I did it before when I was young, six hours of sleep to school, wake up early to freaking join the early four unit maths class, freaking take the, wake up at 5.30, take the bus at 6.30. Um, and I used to have small amount of sleep and I used to perform fine. Um, and strangely, I can't anymore. And I think I've just gotten used to the luxury of just getting a lot of sleep and feeling really productive and clear-minded. Like, I'll, I'll relate it to, like, as you get older, you can't operate the same way as you did when you were younger. You have so much energy, so many, like, hormones bouncing off everywhere. Like, you're young, you're, like, full of life and everything, right? I remember when I was young, like, playing soccer, ev- like, every year for, like, seven to ten ten years i think and like training twice a week playing at school at lunchtime every single day to the point where now today i went to go have a kick around with my friends and it was like the first kick around in a long time i'm sore all over my, <laughs> hamst- my hamstrings are gone i like like i obviously my technique and stuff is like the same like i'm not the best but it's like i'm a defender it is what it is right but like the pressure on my legs when I was kicking that ball with the power. I'm like, God damn it. Like you have to, tr- you ha- it's something that you just have to train every single day and then you can become the norm. But if you get used to not doing it for a while, you get older, it's, it's harder for you to adapt, etc. It, it's one of those things. Yeah. Like I can't do the same thing. I can't wake up at, um, like I can't think of going to school anymore. Like obviously full-time work feels like school, but it's more stimulating in the sense that there's no set structure, etc. But like, can't see myself waking up at like that going to school i mean that's what everyone said when they were into uni remember like when you first started uni like how was i going to school i can just pick my classes all in one day or whatever and just muck around for the other days but like it's not the same it's not the same you grow up your body is different you grow older it's 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 hard to maintain do you know what's one thing the psychologist said when i was like talking about like my ups and downs and sometimes i'm not too motivated um one thing she said was like you know, we're gonna to have to like diagnose to see if you do get exhausted or require more sleep. Is it due to the sort of really demanding workload, or is it because you have bipolar issues? That's what she said. That was a bipolar. Like that's something that's never ever crossed my mind. It's just scary to think about. Um, it's like, yeah. That that word is like has negative connotations. But really, it's not as bad as a lot of people would think. Obviously, there are some extreme cases, but I mean, the essence of it just means like some days you're up, some days you're down. Like it is what it is. Good question. Maybe you can pay to this Good question. Let's say we catch up and you're like, you know, hey, Andy, how you been? What response do you prefer? So response one, yeah, been pretty good. How about you? Versus, yeah, um, slow week. Things are like certain issues like just dealing with a bunch of stuff but other than that not much to complain how you mean 
depends on how close I am with the person. If it's a friend that I just, you know what I mean? Like, just, they're just there. Like, just give it to me straight. Yeah, good. How you been? <laughs> yeah, good. So, you know, <laughs> I, I prefer the second from, like, yourself or people that I'm closer with. What's the point otherwise? What's the point in being mates? What's the point in just, like, being able to be open and honest about stuff? Like, I'm not saying, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I don't want to go through all that crap with other people that I'm not. Like, there's certain people who are be like, tell me, like, what's going on? Talk to me. Like, what, what's happening? Why, why, why is that so? Otherwise, I'm just like, sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. It's the truth. And you know it as well. Yeah. Because I, I know that if everyone just says I'm good, it's, it's like this sort of like barrier. It's like this barrier. thing where like they're not one. When, when you, if you're able to admit, oh, things are not that good or things are slow, one, it shows that you have a humility. Two, you're sort of bonding and connecting with that person. Uh, but whereas if you just say, I'm good, um, it's just like, that's what everyone says. It's just like a weird wall barrier there. Yeah. Next question saying yeah man i'm pretty good versus man i'm awesome i'm great how you been (laughs) which one (laughs) um it's tough because the second one is positive it maybe sends positive energy your way but at the same time it might come off as cocky i prefer i'd honestly prefer like yeah i'm good um yeah i'm good pretty good week i've I've been feeling good yeah it's been a good week or something like that as opposed to like (laughs) Um, I mean like exerting it onto you because if you're in a position where you don't know what the other person's feeling going through you're right it is self-absorbed it is a little bit like not self-absorbed but it is like you're not being um, conscious of the other person and if they're your mate you know what I mean so like I wouldn't want to exert too much but if they've had a good day then 100% I'll double down and be like same man been a good week you know feeling good you know back in a few weeks ago when i you know everything was looking up for me you know got everything was working out i was like yeah bro been feeling good it's been a good two weeks you know what i mean it's, it's been good what about you because i watched this video it was like what do does everyone say when you ask them how they've been yeah i've uh, been good i've been okay and if you keep saying that that's sort of it's sort of this self-fulfilling prophecy where you sort of become what you say but imagine if every time someone asks you like i feel amazing i feel great maybe that does you actually become you you sort of become amazing and become great um but it does come off as a bit you might like really rub the people rub some shoulders a bit like wrongly um and and i was like like at the end it made sense but i don't want to rub people wrongly yeah, because at the end of the day, like, even though if you think, you know, you're doing good and everything, like, some people can take it the wrong way and, like, wouldn't appreciate it, etc. They just think of it like, what the hell? But, like, you know, everyone thinks differently and you can't expect everyone to be on the same wavelength and understand. Whereas, like, you know, like, I met someone today where I haven't seen them in a very long time and they asked me, how you been? I'm like, yeah, man, been good, you know, the same old, just working, just tired, like. Is what it is. I li- I'm as you're speaking now. I'm literally thinking about that conversation. He was a really, really close friend of mine before, but um, you know, time it happens, right? Just goes apart like naturally. But yeah, like because and then there's the other approach, the 48 laws of power approach. Fucking just downplay everything. Keep your success a secret. If things are going great and amazing, and you made a million dollars. 
Yeah, think things are going alright. <laughs> yeah, I need to. <laughs> no, my biggest problem is oversharing, and I want to like become better at you know keeping your cards close to your chest and becoming like a mystery like you have a veil around you and everyone's like what is he doing i, I want i want to achieve that that's the one thing not one thing there are a few things in 48 laws of power which are interesting but that's one of the few things that were very interesting to me it's a crackhead of a book i'm going to say for the 30th time it's a wacky book but i agree with that i agree with and it. the best way to do like make that happen is dude if you like just post traveling photos you have nothing to like flex People don't give a f- about you. It's weird. Like, literally, like, I don't know, like, like when I had nothing, well, when I, I had my car, I had the Mercedes, I had the CLA 200, but I just didn't post it much. People would not, like, there's no mystery. But when you have all these cool things, like, let's say, um, Christian, at the end of the year, you buy this nice watch and you post it, and you do, like, this post on how, like, you work so hard for it but you don't tell people what what you do what's your job what your income is people are gonna be like Who, who's this christian like how do you get that watch so you need like this catalyst to like and it's so unhealthy though it's so it's it ends up being this never-ending chase but yeah and like just like that we've linked ourselves back to the start of the episode where we were talking about social media etc but yeah you're 100 right like it's one thing that people just don't know like the veil is there even you still have the veil there slowly lowering it but the, keep it keep it up you know keep it firmly up when someone asks you oh, you know so what about the business oh yeah the business going well yeah sweet pretty decent you know what i mean like it's i mean that's my personal opinion because yeah, that's how i usually the answer more, yeah yeah because the more people you let in and like the more chatter happens and ah, chatting is the worst but I think we've hit a good spot. I think so too. I think so too. Solid episode. Really appreciate everyone from listening. Thank you so much for all the support on both the YouTube channel. If you're listening, watching this on YouTube, thank you so much for supporting us. If you're listening this on podcasts, really appreciate you guys listening. Really appreciate the support. We, you know, we see those small cult following that are listening to every one of our episodes. And I just want to say thank you. If you're, if you're watching us on TikTok, Christian, we have like, dude, you know how the algorithm works? Even though we don't have followers, we have like 150 like people who just watch all our videos. Like the algorithm knows that 150 people that will watch our TikTok clips and, and like, and like even though they might not follow, but they just watch it all. Yeah, 150 is a lower average. And we know that because a few of my friends have been watching it and like, yeah. Shout out, look at that, there you go. I didn't expect that. I did not expect my friends, like my one of my closer friends, like good friends of mine. Well, I told you already, but he showed me. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, please watch us on TikTok. We enjoy it. It's it's good clips. I actually decent, like good clips. Good clips are posted on TikTok. Go watch it. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and peace. <laughs>